I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, Michele Barrow. Michele, what is up? Hello. Uh, I'm miffed and piffed. I'm about to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that was great, by the way. Oh, man. Dude. All right. So, first of all, all of, all of our families are just completely sick. So, like... The thunder are a bad thing happening in our lives right now, but probably not the worst thing to happen no. to both of us in the past two days. Um, yeah. It has been like quite uh, a run over the last over the weekend. It's it's always the weekend. Yeah, it's never oh, like working days. <laughs> I know. I think both of or we're, we're both running on like a total of like six hours of sleep right now. So just bear with us. And between uh, the two of us, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Like sixteen total. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Six total. Yeah. It's not great. It's not great. I'm sitting here sipping some coffee as we talk here in the afternoon. Uh, so the Thunder lost to the Mavs yesterday, and everybody's mad about it, and you should be because that is not a good Mavericks team. I think they've won three games since the All Star break. That was their eighth game total to win on the road. That's a bad team, and I think that. I don't know that that game, you should, I don't know that there's really a lot to break down. I think there's one positive, and if we're going to say anything positive, we can say it now, that Steven Adams looks great again. And he was yeah. awesome. He was clearly the best player on the floor for the Thunder yesterday. And it wasn't even close. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know that I have anything else positive to say. Do you? Um, I do, actually. Okay, um, do it. Do I it. Ca- <laughs> I kind of um, well. Yesterday, I was I was really like it was one a.m. in the morning. I was <clears throat> again completely uh, sleepy, and so I tweeted something, but it was not li- like uh, a comprehensive thought. Uh, and so, I think that now OKC has a great opportunity because things are awful, uh, and when things are awful, um, you have opportunities because there's no there's no downside from year to the last game of the regular season. And there is no real downside in the playoffs because everyone expects OKC to be the eighth or the seventh seed, uh, which likely will happen anyway. Uh, they they expect them to lose badly to the Warriors in the first round. So yeah. there's no going down. Like, even if they go 0-5, who cares? They are still in the eighth seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't change anything. And so they, they have no pressure now. They likely cannot reach any higher than six. Yeah. And and they are in a good spot because now they can try to see what they are about. Like mm-hmm. uh, they are not going after anything. They can just play. They can just find themselves back again. They can compete and they can find the rotations that work. I don't care about uh, the fact that you sign Markeith Morris after also break. If he is, if he is part of what you're doing, great. If not, cut him. Don't play him. Uh, same with other players. 
mm-hmm. you should be about what is important and what is sustainable for the future. And that's the only thing that you should really care from now on. And that's a good positive because, um, again, there's nothing left to lose. And so it's going to be on the way up for the rest of the season, uh, one way or another, or at least a flat line, not a, a line that goes down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're at rock bottom. I mean, they, yeah. they're, they're there. And the Markeith stuff, like, so what I wanted to do for this show is kind of go through some of the reasons why, or at least look at some data on why they've been so bad uh, post-All-Star break. Because they have been one of the worst teams in the NBA post-All-Star break. And they were one of the best teams pre. Like, it just makes no sense. And I think there's a lot of reasons why. I think Markeith Morris is one of them. He just hasn't really been contributing to this team. And I know that like the the bar was set low with Patterson. He just hasn't been good. I mean, Fred Katz even said so before or after the Thunder acquired him. He was like, yeah, I don't know that this goes very well. Like, oh, why? Like, he's obviously much better than Patterson. And I think he still is. But, like, his energy level, it feels so low just watching him. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I just don't. He just is not scoring effectively enough. He's not hitting spot up threes, and if you're not hitting spot up threes at that position, in which there were obviously points where Patterson was not, but there are also points where he was, and you never really question Patterson's energy level. He he is not as capable of a player as Markeith is, but I don't think anyone ever said, you know what, Patterson doesn't even try. And I think no. and I think that you can say that at points with Markeith. Like he's just he, I think he's still learning. It's tough to to come to a team like this in the middle of the year, but he has definitely not helped the team. A lot of people are like, Do you think Markeith regrets his decision to come to the Thunder? Like, I don't know if he does. Like maybe he does, but he, he also has not been a part of the solution. Yeah, I completely agree. And he is like the first game when he I don't remember the, who the opponent was. Utah. Uh, Utah, right. And there were moments where he left uh, someone completely open in the corner. Mm-hmm. And the reaction uh, on the post game was actually encouraging. He was acknowledging the fact that he was bad. Since then, I'm seeing the same things. Like I'm seeing oh, yeah. uh, switches. Like last night, Adams uh, clearly communicated a switch to him. Uh, he was guarding Dirk and he decided to follow the the closest men and Dirk was wide open from three those little things are momentum breaker yeah and and it's it's really it's really hard to see a guy that should play for a contract mm-hmm. because I'm not sure Keith will get anything more than the minimum next season maybe a mid, mini mid level maybe yeah but maybe. he had like a great opportunity like like to to, to go to OKC, where everyone was hating the way Patrick Patterson was playing, and actually be worse, <laughs> it's, it's or at least yeah. at least not better. Like the bar was incredibly low, as you said, and and it, and it's it's still like I, I'm not sure he's better than him, or he provided anything. I'm not sure either. That, that, I mean, maybe you can say that the net rating is a little bit better, like the on-off, as we discussed before starting the pod. Mm-hmm. But still, it's because the every other thing is so bad that, like, yeah, his net rating is plus 1.2, great. 
like it's it's a seven and fifteen team we are talking about. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's really disappointing, and I think it's part of the issue. Yeah, I think he's part of the problem. Um, I'm going to go into my reasons, and then we can just talk around these. So uh, Terrence Ferguson pre All Star break shot thirty eight point three percent from three, and he was in a groove. He was shooting the ball well from three. He was playing great defense. And he looked like the player that OKC had been searching after for years. Post-All-Star break, he's shooting 30.6% from three. And really bad from the corners. They're finding him, getting him open shots. He's just not making them. He's definitely not shooting as many. Uh, But he is obviously in a funk. And I think that hurts. Because I think that he was a huge part of the reason why the Thunder were rolling in January and February was because he was making shots at a ridiculous rate. And whenever one guy can be a high-volume three-point shooter on the team, which the Thunder just really haven't had a lot of those guys outside of their stars, that makes a huge difference, and he has not been that guy. And I think that's one of the reasons why this team has just fallen off a cliff after the All-Star break. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I don't want to put... Uh, blame on him though because I don't think that the quality of the looks I I don't have numbers Um, I really want to do another passing analysis but I don't have any time but I I tried to notice uh, if the like the passing quality was uh, was the same and I don't think so Um, I think that they are finding him less and the shots that he gets uh, probably also because of because of the defense that is reacting to him being a quality shooter mm-hmm. um, changed a lot. Like, I mean, last night they were kind of stay home with him uh, in some possessions. And so he had to reinvent himself as a uh, closeout uh, player, uh, which is nice. But um, but you're right. I mean, him not able, not being able to shoot at like 34, 35% after also break has been crucial uh, to to OKC's offense. I mean, we are we are wondering sometimes about uh, defensive effort and stuff like that, but it's the offense that really stopped working. And and it's it's weird that when Russ found his shot again, everything collapsed. Yeah, and I, I don't. That's that's weird. It's it is weird, and I think that Russ is the cause of some of this stuff. There's no question, but I think some of it is just it's just happening. I mean, yeah. so like Ferguson, pre-All-Star break, on average, only took 3.73s per game, post 4.3. And those, those are, numbers are misleading because the first three months of the season, he didn't take more than 3.3 yeah, in a month. Exactly. And in January, he was five and a half. In February, he was about five. And now he's four. And I don't know about the shot quality either. Um, but I do know from the field overall in March, 33% field goal yeah. percentage. Yeah, I mean, he was that, and he was thirty percent in October in those six games that he was really bad. Where he was also shooting seven percent from three uh, during that month. Uh, but I would have not predicted this for him, and I still think there's time for him to turn it around. And maybe I'm just a, a maniac, and that's could be true. But I just think that shooters go through slumps, and that happens. Yeah. And but he is also super young still. And he, he, this may be just an extended slump for the rest of the season for him, and I would not be surprised by that. 
because he's got a lot to learn about playing under pressure and playing with the starters as much as he has been. He still has a lot to learn. Um, but it's it's been one of the issues for this team is that he's been ineffective as an offensive player. And he's a, he's a really good defender. But you have to be like peak Andre level to be out there as much as he has been and be still be super effective. Uh, most players yeah. are not that. Most players are okay on offense and okay on defense. And that like makes a pretty good player. And he had been that. He had been more than that for this team. And he's been he's been part of the problem since then though. Yeah. Shall we talk again about the other player that it's kind of a problem? Well, there's I felt I have many <laughs> on the board here. Um, you want to talk about Russell or Paul? Uh, neither. I want to go back to well. Let's let's talk about uh, Russ and Paul first, and then we okay. we go into the silly stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, let's continue with Russ. I think. Okay. Um, yeah. He he took like a huge blame uh, after also break, and rightfully so because I thought that some of his first quarters, especially are so bad in terms of uh, body language, oh. more so than results. Um, yeah. he, he seemed like really uninterested to play any kind of um, consistent defense, team defense. Can I give Not you some, even, give, let me give you some stats on, on that because yeah. I can contextualize yeah, it for you. Because, yes, I agree. The body language has been bad, but these numbers are worse than the body language to me. So pre okay, pre All Star break defense in the first quarter, one hundred point seven. Their pre All Star break offense one hundred five point eight, which isn't great, but still they were ninth in net rating in the first quarter. Like that's a that's they they got started you know just fine. Post All Star break offense one hundred three point one. So down some. Just get ready. I hope you're sitting down. Their defense post All Star break in the first quarter one hundred and twenty one point three. Their net rating in the first quarter, negative 18.2. It's the worst in the NBA by far in the first quarter. And I don't I don't quite know what to do with that because I do think that obviously Russell Westbrook takes some blame here. But and I will I'll, I'll give some third quarter stats too. This is gonna bleed Wait, 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 wait. wait. This sorry, gonna, sorry. My my brain my brain completely <laughs> stopped. It's one, two, one point six. One two one point three. Oh, point three. Oh, okay, that's better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Isn't that insane? No, no. This is. I would check that number to see, like, if if this was not like, um, it's nba.com. Nba.com. Yep. I mean, I would check if this number is actually correct. Like, I mean, uh, if if this it is, is that any w- other website. But NBA.com, I would check this number. That's why I went. it's yeah. so insane. Yeah, it's, it is insanely bad. And the third quarter numbers are not as bad post-All-Star break. But so pre-All-Star break, they had the second best net rating in the third quarter. There were 114 offense. There were 104 defense. That's per 100 possession. So, if the th- so if, for those who are like wondering like what these numbers mean. So in 100 possessions... The Thunder would score 114 points, and their opponent would score 104. 
And so, and as a, as another context, OKC is playing 105 possessions, uh, roughly. I don't really, I don't have the number in front of me, but between 103 and 106 uh, possessions per game. Mm-hmm. So, like 100 possession means basically a regular game. Yeah. So, and then post also break, their offense is at a 104, their defense is at a 101. So, like, still a positive net rating, 3.3, but to go from 10.5, outscoring your opponents by 10 points per 100 possessions, to only outscoring them by three, that's a problem, especially when you start the game out minus 18. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, is a, it is a huge problem. And also, this is interesting, and I think this matches the eye test. The Thunder have the fifth best net rating in fourth quarters uh, post-All-Star break because they get down. And I just, this is going to bleed over away from Russell and still, like, this is still in the Russell Westbrook category, but I think this bleeds over to Billy because the last time they talked to their coach and made their game plan, it was right before the game. Why are they coming out you know, for the game, playing like that. And then halftime, you know, at halftime pre-All-Star break, they got after it. Post, they're, they're, they're still a little bit better than their opponents, but it's not as good. Like, why? Like, why are they, why are they a worse team? And I think that you look at the Ferguson stuff, that makes sense. I think you look at Paul George's shoulder, which I think is probably something that we don't talk enough about Mm -hmm. Um, because pre-all-star break he was shooting 45 percent from the field post 39.8 percent from three he was 40 percent post all-star break he's 33 percent like he's a different player yeah and his offense when he's cooking on offense he's a better defender yeah and so you can go ahead and infer what that means post all-star break for him is that he hasn't been quite the defender. And we talked, like, I really thought, even up until this last week, that, yeah, he still probably has a chance to win Defensive Player of the Year. Man, this slide, these slides in March, you know, early April matter to voters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably yeah, more maybe so. Maybe more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, more sure. than November, December. Sure, sure. And, like, let's analyze uh, these numbers and what it means for, especially for Paul, in terms of his production. Yeah. So, I don't think that having a bad shoulder can let you play the way you want. Uh, and this this will sound like a stupid excuse to uh, a millionaire, but we, we discussed that. It's trying to, to play through something that hurts with another player. Um, I don't have the number, but maybe I can check um, while we while we talk the number of drives per game before All Star break and after uh, from Paul George yeah. because I think that the the eye test says and maybe I'm again I'm completely wrong um, that he's finding the rim way less than he was before and that makes the defense on him way easier mm-hmm. because it's if you are um, if you're a real threat uh, with the ball in your hand, that's that's completely another story. And I don't think that PG has been quite as good in terms of uh, generating free throws, generating contacts, and finishing uh, at the basket. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I mean, again, it's it's not easy to play through something like this. No. And he's shown that. And, you know... 
Russell has been a, a part of it too, and he's he's kind of just had to take on more, and mm-hmm. he's taken on more in ways that have not been helpful. You know, pre yeah. All Star break, he's taking four point seven threes per game. Post seven point nine. Okay, yeah, that's that's like the four point seven is actually a number that I really like. Yeah, and he wasn't shooting it well, but you know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Honestly, it does not matter to me how well or how poorly he's shooting the ball because we saw like this team was better even when he was shooting poorly. And to me, it's the kind of shots that Russell takes. That three that he took yesterday in the fourth quarter was a momentum-killing, back-breaking shot. Yeah. And it had, what, 30 29% chance of going in, maybe northwards of 30% of going in. Cool. But when you miss that, 70% chance it's going to miss. That is a momentum just destroyer for your team and it did. Yeah. Because they were yeah. rolling and they were they had a chance to grab momentum and Russell I mean, I think that I don't think this team is hopeless. One. I don't think their future is hopeless. The people that are out there saying that they need to blow this team up, trade Russell, uh, trade Paul, trade Steven, and start over. Like, okay, every like that. That is that is a level that I just don't think that you can go to because the minute they trade those guys, they're going to try to be acquiring guys just like that. So you can't just you can't just end it. And I get the frustration. I do. I'm as frustrated as you guys are. I understand it. Um, but Russell holds the key to this team's ceiling and its floor in my opinion. Yeah. We saw what Russell did against Indiana the other night where he was pass happy. He did not take a ton of threes. He did not even take a ton of shots. And he distributed. He drove. He got people involved. He fought, he fought over screens. This team is different when he does that. And they are yeah. so much better when he does that. Yesterday, yeah. he's chucking threes. He's playing lazy defense. He doesn't respect his opponent. It's a problem. It's a huge, huge problem. And he, it's, and you talked about the little things. It's all the little things for Russell. All of them. Yeah. It's the early shot clock threes. It's, it's the not fighting over screens. It's not looking for your teammates whenever you feel like you can score the ball or you have a vendetta against a smaller point guard. It's all those little things combined that make, the the time on the court with him is boom or bust. It really is because he's helped this team win a tremendous amount of games. He is the most important player to the, the Oklahoma City Thunder franchise, period. I yeah. mean, they don't have this team. They don't have Paul George. They don't even, I mean, they clinched a playoff berth. Like, and we definitely take that for granted here in OKC because we've been incredibly blessed with a huge, it was just a great team. Like it's like I think that we definitely take that for granted, and I I get it because like the the goal is way higher than just making the playoffs. But still, I mean, take a look at the Lakers. Like they wanted to make the playoffs too. Like things could always be worse than this. But I think that Russell holds the key to everything for the for the rest of this t- team's run this year. This year, I'm not so concerned about this season because I think that they weren't going to make a lot of noise this year because I don't think people are going to make a lot of noise against this Warriors squad. I just don't. 
But it does bring in some concerns for moving forward. What are they going to do? And Russell's got to change. And this may be, and it maybe it's not. Maybe it won't be this. But it could end up being a blessing in disguise because if this team keeps playing the way they have been, they're going to get rocked in the first round. And you know what? I think that Russell, he needs a wake-up call in a lot of ways. For the little things on the court, and he, he needs a wake-up call. And what's crazy is that he's he has corrected those things at times in games. He he does it. He did it against against Utah. He's done that against the Pacers earlier this week or last week. He did that, and he just lets go. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a Billy problem. I don't know if it's just a Russell problem alone. And there's not another coach in the world that can get to him. But I do think that that. If this team is going to reach any sort of peak or anything close to it, it it begins and ends with Russell Westbrook, and he needs to take responsibility. And I think this whole post game act that he portrays, and you know, you know, Barry Trammell's part of that problem because, like he, like Barry knows that he's gonna that Russell's not gonna answer his questions, and so Barry like goes and pokes him, pokes the bear, and Russell fires back and it got it got to a a different level yesterday when Mm -hmm. he so he didn't want to look at barry so he bent over and he set his cup down and he said next question and then barry always comes with a follow-up which i don't it's not productive and also barry Mm -hmm. asks good questions and that's a problem because barry asks questions that other people should be asking but we know we're not going to get an answer and that's a problem yeah I think that they're, they're right now they're in this strange stalemate that is so unproductive for Russell and for the media. It's not yeah. it is it has reached levels of immaturity that that are not great for everybody. And they're both stuff like Barry's great. Like I love Barry Trammell. He's awesome. He's one of the best people in the media. He's kind, he's generous, he's smart, and I think he's pissed off at Russell. And he should be. Like Russell should not be acting like this. It's it's absurd. It's like, I understand, but at this point, it is so incredibly unproductive for both of them, and it looks so bad for everybody, and it's, this is Russell, like, he's reached a point where his aggressiveness and his, I don't care, and I could do, I'll do whatever I want, now I do what I want stuff, has reached a level where it just kind of looks immature, you know, before it looked like, oh man, like, he, like, he's, like, he just doesn't care, he'll do whatever he wants, and that's awesome, that's like, a part of like the MVP Russell. Well, we've reached a point where like that 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 whole thing only gets you so far. That will take you to the playoffs. That will take you to heights in advertising. It will take you to heights with fans. But when you're talking about winning basketball games, the now I do what I want mentality will only take you so far. And he has he's got to rein it in. And they've got to, honestly, like, I, I like Billy Donovan and think he's a great coach. Uh, he will be in the Hall of Fame. He is a, a wonderful man, a wonderful basketball coach. And I think he's been a good coach for this team. But I, I'm reaching the point where I just don't know that he's the right coach. Because when you look at those first quarter numbers, the last person they talked to that told them what to do, they're not listening to him. And when... The players aren't doing what the coach asks them to do. You have re- you have you're going to reach an impasse at some point, mm-hmm. and maybe they get it together 
and they can go off. They maybe play the Nuggets in the first round and they beat them. Awesome. Great. I think that masks a ton of problems for this team. And I just think that at some point you can't just keep banging your head against the wall. Like I, I just and they're going to have to choose some things this summer. They're they're not going to trade Russell Westbrook. I can tell you that right now. Like that's not going to happen. And I know that some people would really like for that to happen. And some of you obviously um, have been with this team for so long and have been a fan. You understand the importance of Russell Westbrook to this franchise. That's just not a guy you trade. That's just not a guy that you just let go. Like that's not a thing that happens in this league. He is a bona fide superstar. And that's not who you let go of. Paul George, obviously, another superstar that was in the MVP race and Defensive Player of the Year race. That's not a guy you let go of. And somebody's going to be the scapegoat. When you're paying this much money for a team, someone has to pay a price if you do not reach your potential. Do you agree with that? Let's make Abdul Nader pay. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I'm not saying that they, that they need to do it. And that it should happen. But I do think that when things don't go right for a team that has this kind of expectations, something is going to happen. There is a fallout that happens with stuff like this. And I just, I don't know this for a fact, but when I watch them, they don't say anything like this in the locker room. I haven't heard any murmurs of this. I have not heard any rumblings. This is just me talking in a coffee shop in the middle of Oklahoma City with a guy that was sitting next to me and now he has moved away because I'm just way too loud. It's just me. I just wonder if they're listening to him because it sure does not feel like it. When the last person they talk to before the game starts tells them what to do, tells them the game plan and they come out and they're flat as all heck. Yeah, it's are they listening? That's my question. Are they listening? I, and I think all of you are screaming into your phone or into your radio or whatever, however you're listening to this. I think you're screaming, no, they're not listening. And like I I I wouldn't disagree. I wouldn't disagree. Yeah. I mean, um I think it's I I tweet as much uh yesterday. It's I got this instead of I'm gonna work to get this. Um, I think there's a sense among Russ, among PG, and maybe even Steve and, uh, and Jeremy. I mean, death. They follow they their can, lead. Make no. Yeah. There's no bones about that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so there's a there's a feeling that this team is about. We're eventually going to get games, but that's that's a terrible recipe. And and yeah, maybe maybe you don't even want to quit on your coach. But if that is the the mentality, the mentality is not let's close the gates for 20 minutes and then we'll see where we're at. But the, the, the mentality is, yeah, let's see if the other team can make shots. Guess what? NBA players can make shots. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I have to the blessing of watching live games every Sunday of a minor league. Um, and they pay me for that. Uh, so it's, it's very nice. Um, and I can see like those, those players will never play in the NBA. They are miles away to be able to even touch the NBA floor. Guess what? If you give them, I don't know, uh, three feet, four feet, five feet, they will knock sh- shots down. Mm-hmm. They, they make 40% of their trees. 
And they are, again, much lesser player than the ones that are in Memphis, in um, in Dallas, mm-hmm. in Phoenix. Yep. You have to work. You have to work because if you leave Trey Burke open, because Trey Burke is not a great shooter and you just don't care, and he hits the first, and then he hits the second, guess what? He will hit important shots. Jalen Brunson, the same. I mean, this sense of entitlement, I, I don't think they, they completely quit on Billy um, because it's not that they are not executing schemes on defense. They are, but they are just doing it like with with no urgency, with, with no sense of uh, – like – there is a difference from this team uh, in in December and this team right now, and the way they are they want to execute. And there are parts of the game where you can see five, six possession of beautiful offense. In the second quarter, they had like five minutes where I said, "Wow, this is lovely basketball. This is great basketball. They are moving the ball. They are in a the flow. They they were they were great." And then. Oh, let's let's take this contested mid mid range shot because I, I I don't want to do uh, I don't want to I don't know what you don't want to do I mean it's mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like an effort thing or it's um, um, or it's it's just like the wrong mindset sometimes sometimes it's really the wrong mindset and even if I I agree that Billy is a great coach. He's probably one of the best developmental coach in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably one of the brightest uh, minds in basketball because he you can you can sense that when he's talking, he he really knows what what is going on mm-hmm. and he really knows what what this team should be about. And he he basically tailor made schemes that can make this team great but when you when you don't get the results you have two options mm-hmm. you try again and hope that your player your players actually understand then that when they do exactly as you say they win and they win big or yep. you just you just say well billy you are great we love you but i mean if it's you or Russ, we have to choose Russ. Yeah, they do. Uh, and and that's that's the position where Russ, Paul, uh, Billy, Steve, uh, put this team in, and it's um it's not a good position uh, for certain well for basically every re- every from every point of view. Um, but back with, back to Billy. To me, some of these rotations are like just crazy. Just crazy. I mean, uh, can I read you numbers? I, I know that I read the same numbers on Monday, but these are, like, to me, are crazy. Mm-hmm. And I want to, like, Paul George with Nader on the court, minus 1.4. Yeah. Russell Westbrook with Nader on the court, minus 13. Like, the offensive rating with these two players on the court is 90. <laughs> Dennis Schroeder with Nader on the court. Minus 9.6. Dennis Schroeder with Deontay Burden on the court, plus 2.6. Russell Westbrook, plus 22.3. Paul George, same amount, um, close to the same amount of minutes, plus 13.5. Like, he's as young as Nader. 
he geeks college you, together. Yeah. 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 It's I don't I don't know. Maybe he's one year older or or something. I don't I don't, I don't know. It's well, they, they are roughly the same basketball age. Mm-hmm. Why is Nader getting this much leash? I know that last season we were guilty of hating every single minute that Ferguson played. And those were actually important minutes. But guess what? If I have to choose today, who should get more developmental minutes between Diallo, Nader and Burton? I don't have the right answer. So why don't you try? Like this guy is giving you results in limited time. Yeah. I don't know if those minutes will like if you increase those minutes, what happens? Probably they will regress a little bit. But even if you get like a zero, a net zero production, it's miles better, miles ahead of the production that Nader has. And you don't have to shut him down. You just have to, to play him in different lineups with, with less responsibilities, with less granted time. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really understand like, I know that uh, Brian Nix will tweet at me tomorrow that uh, I don't like developmental minutes. Guess what? Semaj Christian got developmental minutes. Mm-hmm. So for a great development in Jeremy Grant and Terrence Ferguson, there is Semaj Christian that got like 15 <laughs> minutes a night. <laughs> yeah. And it was horrible. He's not in the NBA. He's not even playing in high-level European basketball. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where like uh experiments finish and when madness starts mm-hmm. because like there's no reason like even after all-star break i don't know how much um nader is shooting from three probably a good percentage but he's not reliable he's not like um a marksman that 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 uh, shoots like 45 percent from three yeah and he's he's not getting the volume to be effective especially with that kind of defense and rent over, but really, <laughs> why? Why Nader? Like, we are talking about a guy that, that yeah, might, it might, he might be a player, but why do you have to, to play every single game 20 minutes a night or 15? I think the answer does lie within the shooting because behind closed doors, that dude is probably the only other player besides Paul that you would call a shooter. And I, I think that Billy wants to get shooting out on the court as much as yeah. he can. And I think that, that, give I think him that's seven threes a game. That, like just give him five threes, five threes a night because like shooters like Ellington, Wayne Ellington is okay on the court when you give him like one three per every one or two minutes, mm-hmm. every three or four possessions. So if you want to get a guy like that on the court, you have to make him shoot like four, five threes in 15 minutes, maybe six. I know that, this sounds like a crazy number, but it's the only way like Morrow was playable when he shoots like he was shooting like 45 percent from three, 42 percent. And he was getting them up at a very, very high rate. If you have Nader on the court and you give like five shots to Markeith Morris, then Nader is completely useless. Completely. Like, there's no way that you can get him shots if you want to get shots to Markeith. And so, like, I, I get the shooting threat, but the defense is not treating Nader as a shooter, nor Keith. Mm-hmm. And so, the, the like, the potential spacing is something interesting, but to get the spacing you want, you need to get 
seven trees a game, like like Terrence Ferguson in January. Yeah. And even then, and even then, like defense are still sagging out from him because they much rather like to uh, to stay home and to double Russ and Paul every single time mm-hmm. and to let Jeremy Grant, Ferguson, and even Adams beat them. And so far, this is actually working. Uh, I have another mind blowing defensive stat for you. But before that, I have something else that's mind-blowing. It's how good physical therapy and balance centers are. There's one here in Oklahoma City off May Avenue. Uh, It is spelled F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L. And every time I mention it, someone always says, like, oh, I drove by there. I thought that was just a place for old people. I said, well, it's not really just for old people. It's for anyone that just wants to feel better. So if you got back pain, if you have knee pain, your ankle, whatever it is, if you're recovering from accident, surgery, and if medicine is not the way you want to go to relieve your pain, then you need to go get a consultation at physical, F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L. If you're looking to lose or maintain weight, to gain strength and endurance, you've got to go to physical therapy and balance center. They have a variety of different specialists. So every person's program, every person's treatment is unique. So just stop in. And you can find out more. Uh, don't just drive by physical. Why don't you just go in and, and talk to them? They're great. They're basketball fans there. Wonderful people. Uh, feel free to give them a call at 405-400-8909. And you can also visit their website, physicalfyzical.com backslash Oklahoma-city. So please support the people that support Down to Dunk. And go visit physical therapy and balance centers. Okay. So the defense with Jeremy Grant on the court post-All-Star break is 10 points worse per 100 possessions. Yeah. I'm, I'm barely surprised. Um, I can, like, uh, a few weeks ago, um, I was... I was talking to some friends about um, Jeremy Grant, his development. And then I started noticing, uh, like, in the same period of time where everyone was saying, wow, Steven is bad, Steven is not playing well. I said, well, let's see. It's rarely Steven. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes, and I, I, I had one possession where Steven, Steven's problem is actually overhelping. Like sometimes yeah. he's, he, he does overhelp, mm-hmm. um, but it's like one, two possessions a game. Sure. The moments where the defense collapses is when you don't rotate. And every time you see a layup, look at where Jeremy is and who is guarding. Because some, sometimes he's really out of position. He's rarely rotating. He's rarely on the, on the right spot. And that is harmful for for the team and maybe something is just that the fact that the the first unit is not in a groove and Jeremy plays with Ferguson the most minutes uh, on those units but I mean is he's not uh, in a good position defensively right now he's missing a ton uh, of assignments and and when you play this brand of defense, who is a, we said it many times, very high ceiling, very low floor. If you have Russell Westbrook that takes time off, uh, PG, who is not playing great defense, and at the top of that, you miss rotations. 
you don't have a chance. You don't have a chance. Mm-hmm. And I think that drum is a big part of the defensive issues. Um, I remember probably Billy going um, on record against uh, after one big game. So I don't remember who the opponent was and basically said that in the first half they were not doing the right things rotation wise. And he basically like implied that Jeremy was the problem. And in the second half, he was uh, right on rotation. And OKC like went down and dismantled that team. So sometimes like it's it's the little, very little things that you should look for. But the Jeremy Grant defensive problem after also break is something that you can actually see uh, if you pay attention to, to rotations. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Cause it is, it is oftentimes that late help. If he is just a second late, it's a layup yeah. and it's, it, it has been a problem. And like Jeremy's been fantastic. He's like the only guy that's shooting well from three post all-star break. Uh, he's been very helpful in a lot of ways. And I think that he's also hurtful in ways that aren't as easy to see. Uh, but I mean, the truth is that this team still ha- there's still a good team in there somewhere. And oh, yeah. that's what's frustrating. I think that's what's the most frustrating to everybody is that they have all these players. Because I don't think that you look at the roster and say, like, this is a terrible roster. There's so many problems with the roster. Like, not really. <laughs> like, they've got enough guys. And we've seen them hit a ceiling that's just, like, very, very impressive. And they just haven't been there. And they've actually they've shown it at times post-All-Star break. They haven't just been completely terrible like they've gone up and then way down like we've seen the ceiling and the floor during this run we've seen the floor a lot more than the ceiling obviously but once i get to the they're they're making the playoffs cool and i know that what this what we want is not uh a, a first round and out with this team and that's that's a sincere possibility when you're playing when you're in the six seven or eight seed you're not supposed to win like you're not supposed no. to and they shouldn't have been in this spot. They really should be at four or even three. Like they should have. They should be. This, they should be the best team in the West. <laughs> I'm going like if they if they continue where they were um, in January or in late December. Yeah, they, they have a shot. They have a shot because how how many wins will Golden State end up with? Fifty six, fifty seven. Yeah, they're they're not going to have a ton of wins compared to yeah. where they should be either. Yeah. Yeah. So you had a chance. You had a real chance to like to have an incredible run with PG as like if OKC ends up having the best record in the West. I don't care about what James Harden is doing. We, like he will win it, I think. But if you have like peak PG until the end of the season and OKC clinching the first place in the West, which was in play, mm-hmm. uh, I think that. Like PG had a real shot shot at the uh, at the MVP. Right now, I don't think it's um, it's up to discussion anymore. No, um, he'll he'll be he'll get top five votes, which also matter in the grand scheme of things. Like those, yeah, sure, those votes matter. Uh, but as far like as winning it, like he shouldn't at this point get any first place votes. I mean, he really shouldn't. No. Those should go no. to Harden. Those should go to Giannis. Yeah, James will win it. I think. I think James should, as much as that hurts to say. <laughs> I think he's, he's, he's he been sh- incredible. He should win it. I mean, he carries that team every single night. He carries them and makes and they, it's doing what Russell did in 2016-17 is that he carries that team and he makes them what they are. 
and they're they're good. And I I I, I want to kind of drift into the standings into um, playoff talk a little bit. Uh, what what t- who would you rather play in the first round, Denver or Houston? Um, Golden State. At this point, at this point, there's, I don't think there, there's any, like, Denver gives you the best odds. Yeah. Because they are still a young team. Um, They, they are a good team. They are a good team. Well coached. They will play uh, the right way. But they will not play Denver the way they did in the regular season. They will try times over and over and again to target Nikola Jokic in any pick and roll possible. Like, they will not care about giving shots to Ferguson, to Grant. They will attack, attack, and attack in, in like, basic pick and roll stuff mm-hmm. to tire him out. And six games in a row of just pick and roll can, like, they can... They have a, sh- a shot against Denver. Yeah, uh, I don't I think, think so. they have a, they have a big shot against Houston because they are, especially if if James play like James Harden play like uh, like that. There's like bearing an incredible performance from Terrence Ferguson. I don't think OKC has enough uh, as of today to keep up on both ends. Um, but. My point is, is it better to get two wins against Golden State or to lose in six to, to, to the Nuggets? Those both don't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know, man. I think, I think at, at this point you need to match up with the team that you at least have a chance against. I just don't think anybody has a chance against Golden State. I really yeah, don't. Same. same. No, Milwaukee, sorry. Cool cool story. Really fun. Really fun team. No way. Toronto. The Tor- Toronto lost to this team. <laughs> so, like, okay, they're not going to lose. To the- they're not going to no. beat the Warriors. Philly, they're too erratic. Boston. They oh, have, boy. They're the, they're the thunder of the East. Boston is. And they are playing the East, so it's actually worst. Yeah, the 45 wins is a lot worse than the Thunder's 44 at this point. It would be like if the Thunder had 43, probably. No, no, much less. You think so? Much less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely, uh, I'm confident on that because, I mean, the East is bad. It's The bad. top of the East is lesser than the top in the West. Yeah. And, like, if you, if you go down the names... Um, like the Clippers are better than the Pistons. Yeah, the Spurs are way better than the Nets. Uh, the Thunder are worse than the Heat. Oops. Uh, well, okay. Uh, <laughs> some like the Kings are much much better than, than Orlando. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, or at least they 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 were uh, up until half uh, up until the the break. Uh, mm-hmm. To be to be honest, uh, and then you had the Lakers that disappointed, but. That you can pair with the with the Wizards, maybe. But I I think that um, there is um, more than two wins uh, between the two conferences. Yeah, that's probably true. Because when you get to play New York several times, you get to play the Cavs and the Bulls and the Hawks and the Wizards and the Hornets and Magic. You get to play those teams a lot more. So that and that matters. Instead, yeah. 
especially when you're the Thunder and you're dropping games to the Mavs and you drop a game to the Grizzlies and you can't beat the Pelicans and you can't beat the Timberwolves. I mean, like, that's also a part of their problem with their record. Is yeah. that they lose. They lost to the Lakers without LeBron. They lose. I mean, their record against these non-playoff teams, besides Phoenix, has got to be astounding, right? Yeah. It's going to be terrible. Yes. It's 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 a disaster. It's an absolute disaster for this team. And yep. uh I still I think you'd want to play the Nuggets. I think that I would favor the Nuggets in a um in a series. And I think that most people would. But I think that still when you have Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Steven Adams, you're gonna have a chance against that team. You just are. And I just want also wonder like they, and I, actually, I know they were. And I know that Denver was, too. Like, you hold something back in a game like they played last Friday. You're not given everything you've got. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure people are frustrated by that. But you don't give everything you got. You don't show your entire hand just to win a regular season game. When both teams know, like, there's a likely matchup here. And Billy yeah. acted like he didn't care and that he wasn't really looking at that. Like, that's a lie. Like of course yeah. he's looking at that. Okay, so the total the Thunder are seven and thirteen against Sacramento, Minnesota, Lakers, Pelicans, Memphis, Dallas. Seven and nope. thirteen. Oh that boy. that is their record right there. Yeah. One and three against Sac, zero oh and three against Minnesota, one and one the Lakers, two and two Pelicans, two and one Memphis, one and three Dallas. That's that is where that right there yeah. is the, is the, is the difference between the eighth seed where they are now and the three, two, one. Yeah. You know? It's, it's, it's not like impossible to think of them going, um, what's seven and 13. Yeah. If you just flip those. Oh yeah. Well, flipping those. Yes. You have 50 uh, wins. You're sitting at three comfortably and you don't yeah. even have to be perfect. Like you lose seven games to those teams when you lose yeah. 13. Like that's, that is a, there's a character flaw within that. You know, when you don't perform against teams you're supposed to, that's a char- that's a huge character flaw. And this team has a character flaw in which they just love the name that's on the back of their jersey and think that it means more than showing up. It means more than effort. It means more than all of that. Because when they compare themselves to other people, they obviously have, they think very highly of themselves. And they should. Like, they're very good. They're awesome yeah. players. Like I get it, but when you stop working and you stop doing the things that are necessary, that's a problem. Yeah, it's a huge problem. And if you like after All Star break, that record is probably zero and one against the Kings. Uh, they didn't play the Lakers yet. They zero and one against the Wolves. They are well. If you consider the games um, with the Pelicans, they are. 0-1-1 or maybe 0-2. They played mm-hmm. twice. I don't remember. Uh, they are 1-1 against the Grizzlies and 0-1 against the Mavs. Mm-hmm. Like, you got two wins? Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's really terrible. Um, yeah, and there is a question on Twitter. Uh, well, not a question. They, they want me to cheer them up. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, is a, this is a podcast based in reality today. And like, yeah. I, like I do think that there is a good team in there, and yeah, I don't me think too. like all is not lost. And honestly, like if like they are showing all their flaws right now, all of them, they are showing that they are showing Sam Presti and the ownership group, hey, 
this isn't good enough. And I, I would, I really thought that we were preparing for a very mild summer for the Thunder. He's not going to be one. I don't think so. I don't think nope. that that's what we're preparing for now. E- like, even if they go seventh seed and they go to seven games and they beat Denver in Denver and they go to the second round, I still think they lose in the second round. Obviously, that's a very successful season for this team. But that does not get them where they wanted to go. Even cl- Not even close. I think that's mm-hmm. where all the frustration is. And, and that's, that's where I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, I totally get it. Like, this isn't good enough. When you have the players they have, this isn't good enough. And so, like, I've never... I don't think that firing Billy Donovan is going to solve a bunch of things. But you do see situations around the league where you change coaches and things get a little better. Look at Toronto with Nick Nurse. I think Nick Nurse has done a tremendous job. He's a no-name guy. But Mm -hmm. I think that he is a guy that has fought and clawed his way to his position. And he proves himself with how hard he works and shows them that what he does works if they will execute it. And they do. And they're really good. And, you know, they they had a great situation up in Toronto. They didn't really need a coaching change, you know. But you know mm-hmm. what? Like they made changes to go from, and I joke about this. Like they went from good to great because they decided that they weren't going to settle. And I don't think Sam Presti is one that settles for good. Like he's mm-hmm. just not. Uh, right now, I'm repelling people in this coffee shop. There's a girl that thought she was going to be able to sit down at this table near me, and she just she learned pretty quickly that when I went through those records of those bad teams, that she could not sit next to me. So. <laughs> Um, okay, we've gone about an hour. What do you think? Yeah. Is there anything else? Because I mean, I could go on and on about how things aren't aren't right, but also like that this team has a ceiling that is far beyond what we've seen in the last weeks, and it's still there. Like the players are the same. It's not like someone died. They're all here. Like it's yeah. possible, and I think that's why everybody's so pissed off again about this Mavs game. It's because like. Like every player that played for the Thunder were better than every player that played for the Mavericks. Like we know that. Like we're all we all know. Like you don't even have to be that much of an NBA fan to know that. Yeah. And um let me finish on a very positive note because I think that uh we need to we need to give like um some real not like some fake positive, but some real positive. Yeah. And um I think that OKC um, has two of two great strengths on offense that are not working now, but works um, in say that they should work and they will work. Uh, they found Stephen Adams again. You mm-hmm. touched on that at the beginning of the podcast. He is an efficient player uh, that was used quite a lot at the beginning of the year when everything else was not working. And this is something that I think over the next five days, one of the things that you can do as a team where you, when you don't care about who, where the ball goes because like everything, you are rock bottom and so you can, you can play free, you have to go down to Steve. And Steve will give, will, will provide. I think that he is back to his, um, in a good uh, state of mind and body. And so uh, I think that that is, that is something that, you need to have in order to be successful going forward. And the other thing is get PG some pick and roll play. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and in general, use the pick and roll more because Ross and PG are two players that can collapse the defense on their own by just playing some pick and roll with Steven Adams and create from there. Because PG at the beginning of the year was the de facto, um, it, it was also a creator on the offensive end. He was starting a lot of possession and we are seeing less and less. We are seeing passive um, uh, Paul George on offense. We don't need that. We need to get back PG in his aggressive mood. And Russell Westbrook at the beginning of the year said, my job is to make Paul aggressive. And when Russ is too aggressive in terms of shot uh, hunting, we, we lose um, some aggressiveness and some possession handled by Paul George. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and this thing is there. You just have to give him the ball more. He just have to initiate the offense and not just taking the first shot that he um, that he has. He needs to make the defense work. He needs to be uh, uh, involved in pick and rolls with Steven Adams and and find his groove back because that groove is there. Mm-hmm. You you saw it against Dallas. You saw a few possessions. Yeah. You saw um, a few glimpses of of, of PG uh, taking guys off the dribble, just making shots. He doesn't need to hesitate uh, whatsoever. That is the PG that we need, and that is the PG that is there. Um, And on the other end, we have seen this team lock down on defense. They can do that. I know that it's disgruntling to see them um, like doing lazy switch and stuff like that. But they have a high ceiling. And I think that losing to the to the Grizzlies and losing to the Mavs while barely beating the Pacers and losing to Denver in between, um, it's something that will move them one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And I think that after this week, after the next 10 days, we will know if they completely quit the season, which knowing Ross and PG, I don't think that will be the case, or they will bounce back. And if they bounce back and they play freely uh, as in the 7-2 matchup against the Denver Nuggets, it will be a great series because this team has it and has enough to to make it a series. Yeah, without a doubt. Also, the Thunder signed Juwan Evans to a two-way contract. We have not mentioned that on the podcast, and I just wanted to make sure that we did because he's a guy that we both liked in the the draft process a couple years ago. Yeah, we will start covering the the draft process soon. So that is something. Yeah, maybe not so soon. Hopefully not so soon. <laughs> Hopefully not soon, because we'll we'll start covering it a lot when the Thunder are not playing basketball anymore. But um, thanks for listening. I know this is a tough time to be a Thunder fan. I get it. We're here. We understand. So follow uh, Michele on Twitter at Mikey Barra. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K Schlecht. You can follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. If you got some time, leave us a five-star iTunes review. It means a lot to us. Uh, it helps us in a lot of ways. So if that's just something that you can do uh, for free to, to help us. Also, if you have any sort of pain issue or you'd like to lose weight or anything like that, go uh, get a consultation at Physical. Uh, that would be awesome. Hope you guys have a good day. Uh, do something uh, that, that involves self-care for yourself. Go exercise. Go outside. Do something fun today. Uh, that doesn't involve just grumbling about the thunder. And uh, we'll talk to you guys again Wednesday morning.